So, welcome to City Hill. Um, we exist to light up our world so that people far from God can find life in Christ. So glad you guys are with us. If you haven't before, if you'd like to go to the website cityhill.org.uk and fill out a connect form, um, it'll just kind of put you on like a email pathway that you kind of know what's happening in the church and all different kind of things like that and different opportunities, different ways to engage. That would be great. Um, if you want to do that while I'm talking, don't worry. I won't think you're like playing Pokemon Go while I'm speaking. If you want to do that as well, that's cool. I don't know if there's a gym here. I don't know. There could be a Pokemon Dojo. Um, but hey, I think it's only appropriate that we allow Pokemon Go here because after all, Jesus came to catch them all. So, um, yeah. We're going we're gonna to roll with that one. So, today what we're talking about is we've been doing a series called Get LinkedIn at City Hill. So over the course of these weeks, we've been exploring the different things that we want to do at City Hill and the things we already do at City Hill and the different ways you can get yourself kind of plugged in with what God is doing here. So today we're looking at something that which we were wanting to start, which we have wanted to start for ages, um, but things just never quite kind of clicked into place. And then it just got to a point where it's like, I'm not going to wait for things to click into place. It's just going to happen. So today we're talking about launching um, like a, a children's ministry focus at City Hill and getting that going. Now... Before, before we even kind of get into talking about what we want to do here and what that's going to look like in any way, shape or form or specifics or what we're looking for, it's best that we look at kind of, I guess, the passage for Christians to kind of explore when, it, when we talk about children and Jesus. So in Matthew uh, chapter 19, we're going to be looking at two verses today. So it's going to be the most short, precise, swift you really can't screw up what I'm talking about. You will not leave here today going like, he preached something on tithing. You won't. You won't be confused. You won't be thinking like, oh, today he said something about whatever. Like there are so many times you can speak about something and someone hears something you never said. Like this one is just so unbelievably bait and root one football. It's like Wimbledon. You just kick it up pitch and hope you get a goal. Matthew 19 verses 13 and 14. Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. That's such a key thing. Before we get into anything deep, the fact that people were bringing their children to Jesus. I'm a first-time dad, and I have this beautiful bundle of joy in Eden, and she is 15 months old. And I'll be damned if I take my daughter to meet any random rabbi in the wilderness. Not happening. Like, if, if, I'm not taking her to some man of God in some next church that's going to flick water at her, tell us we have to wear a white suit, do any stuff. I'm, it's not happening. I'm not going to take her to, to some guy on some Christian TV show. I'm not going to hear like, oh, this man of God's coming to town. Let me quickly take my daughter. That's not it. My daughter, I filter down. Like, it's like, oh, I know that person. Yeah, that's cool. That, that, I, can, I can have my daughter around them. I can have my child around them. Like with my child, I'm so protective. So people saw in Jesus that he was someone they wanted to take their children to. They saw something about him, even though they'd heard about him, they didn't know him, know him, but he was someone they felt compelled that they wanted to bring their kids to. Now, regarding City Hill as a church, that's the kind of thing we, we want this place to end up being. We want this place to be a place where people think of City Hill and think, oh, that's totally a place where my child can connect with Jesus, where my child can connect with God in an intimate, in a tangible way. So the fact that people felt also a need, not just they felt safe to take their child 
to him, but they felt a need, like, my kid needs to connect with God. My kid needs this opportunity to engage with God in this very tactile and real way. Um, what type of, of, of space and what type of time are we going to create or do we create as individuals, but then also as a collective as we meet together for God to do that? Um, as a church, I believe that we really have a strong um, responsibility and a mandate and a call from God to do this. And um, what if we created a space for children to connect with God that was so fantastic that people brought their kids here to experience him, him in a powerful and tactile way? How cool would that be? That if we had different friends who were like, oh yeah, I've heard about that City Hill place. Like, oh yeah, my kid doesn't shut up about it. Da, 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 da. That kind of stuff, that we create that. Now that kind of stuff only happens really with intentionality. Now, so it goes on to say, the disciples rebuked the people. So the people were wanting to bring their kids to Jesus. They wanted him to connect with their child and to pray for their child. Is in So prayer is a form of communication. They're looking for Jesus to be the one that goes, hey kid, this is God, God, this is kid. You know, boom, form of connection. The disciples were like, no, they, they, they slammed it down. It was like NBA, the ball's in the net, boom. Like, slammed it on the face. This, no, this ain't happening. They, they dead it. Um, I've got to say today, I guess, is probably the most um, difficult Sunday for me because I'm, I'm guilty of this and um, for not creating that space straight away. And I guess as I was reading this passage, just two verses, I don't think... I think there are other verses that have convicted me more than this, if I'm honest. There have been. But today it was, like, so uncomfortable for me. And not just today, the week before... And the weeks building up to knowing I wanted to talk about this, knowing I wanted to do this, because it was kind of a moment for me where it was kind of like um, realizing my, my sin, realizing my mistake, realizing I've screwed this up and I've got to rectify this. And there's got to be a moment of repentance where I'm like, oh man, I can't, I've been a part of, of that. That's not cool. We can't allow that. We've got to change that. So this is like really painful for me. I'm guilty of this, not creating this space. Um, I've been like them. Um, so the fact that the disciples rebuked them, I can, I can see that. And I've got to play my part in receiving whatever it is Jesus has to say. So Jesus' response was this. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For such belong the kingdom of heaven. For to such belong the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus said, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For such belongs the kingdom of heaven. So straight away, if we reverse what he says and kind of read that in a different order, he's saying the kingdom of heaven belongs to children. It's there for them. It's theirs. They're the type of people they belongs for. Um, but then he's saying to them, don't hinder them. So all this standing in the way from children connecting with the kingdom that, that they own, that's theirs, it belongs to them, is the disciples. And then for me, as I'm reading this, and for us as a church, is I'm like, so the only thing standing in the way of children receiving the kingdom of heaven that Jesus intends for them is me. That's a, that's a big statement. That's a painful statement. It's really difficult. So the kingdom belongs to them. All that's standing in the way is us. At this point, Jesus' words, it's in Jesus' words, it's it's barely possible for me to feel more shame than I do, I guess, right now um, in church on a Sunday. Um, I'm the lid of this church and I've hindered his children inherently in his kingdom for too long. But for me to get out of this situation, um, I can't do it on my own. I need your help. 
So I'm going to ask you today to please help me and help me get out of the way that God can do one of the key things he really wants to do. And then the next thing it says in, this, in these two verses is it says, and he laid, he laid hands on them and they went away. How do we create a space for such intimate interact, interaction with God? Um, I chatted to Christian earlier today, who hasn't been, he's, he's at another church at the moment. Um, he's been through kind of some stuff. Um, he's, he's doing great. Um, and I was asking him because I chatted him ages ago and I saw this picture he put, I think once in the WhatsApp group and he put it once on, on Facebook. It's like a kid of him, a picture of him as a kid and he's with Nelson Mandela. Like, no lies. He is with Nelson Mandela. It's not photoshopped. He was like um, year six, so like 10 years of age and he is with Nelson freaking Mandela. Like, it... If, if we're going to talk about people that have been alive in my lifetime on this earth, he's probably the only one just ahead of Steven Gerrard. No, I'm joking. But still, like, that's amazing. Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. He's, he's with Nelson. And I was saying to him, so, like, Christian, I was chatting to him today, put into words, what was that like, that moment? Like, just, just being with Nelson then, he, he just gave me the background to it. Uh, he was coming to Brixton. Um, and I went to school in Stockwell and they had all the different local schools doing different things and we'd made t-shirts for him and so I designed this t-shirt and I got to give him this t-shirt and he shook my hand and he, he laughed when he got my t-shirt my t-shirt isn't he was joyful about it and he thanked me and he goes it was kind of a life-defining moment and you thought about it you thought well Christian had these this like life-defining moment that's a big statement he said legendary and iconic Legendary, iconic, life-defining moment. Those are huge, huge statements for a moment where literally it's such a short, short period of time. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a brief moment with someone who's, who is truly great for um, not just changing South Africa, but changing the world. Not just taking on a, a brutal regime and winning, but doing so while in prison. And not only that, rising to power and not returning the favor, but showing true forgiveness and fighting for true equality. That's incredible. To have been so brutalized and to suffer for so long and to extend such life-changing forgiveness to a nation and breathe new life into the face of the earth um, is fantastic. And Christian had that brief glimpse with him. And so then that got me thinking about these kids and this brief encounter they have with Jesus. And that got me thinking about Sunday. And that got me thinking about what we're gonna birth and what we're gonna be intentional about is it made me realize we can take a moment, which is a brief moment, but what if that brief moment that we end up creating through intentional um, thinking, structured planning, and working together as a team, ends up creating moments like what Christian experienced, um, where kids and eventually young people and adults and different people with different backgrounds can come and have that moment tactile intimate moment with God and um, yeah what captured me about it as well is that Christian didn't meet uh, Nelson Mandela in a fluke moment they weren't passing on Brixton High Street as a little kid like oh you're right sunshine we you know what I mean it, it wasn't like that it was, it was intentional there was, there was thought um, to the journey into the trip and making it happen and um, we want to be intentional and we want to leave a lasting impression on the lives of the children who visit City Hill and so I guess there's three things that we're going to care about when we launch um, 
a children's ministry which will be here every single Sunday. Um, we want it to be fun and we want it to be life-giving. Um, and I guess we want a bit of a tactile experience as well. So the mission of the church is that we exist to light up our world so that people far from God can find life in Christ. Um, our kids are going to have the same mission statement. It's not going to be any different. It's the same thing. Um, but we're going to be exploring with them what that means in their, li- in their world, in their context, each and every week. So our strategy is to do something fun. Like three things. Do something fun. That's not going to be too hard. If it means we have to throw snappy crackers or whatever they're called, we will throw snappy crackers. Like, you know what I mean? If I have to eat cinnamon on a Sunday, like a spoonful, yes. boom, I will. There we go. See? That was a random idea, regretting it, probably going to edit out the audio when I put it online. Whatever we have to do, do something fun to give really simple, clear lessons and also to have tactile actions of worship at the service um, and to do that every single week for it to be fun, simple, clear lesson, tactile interaction. So what does that actually look like? So when it comes to like different parts of the Bible, say we're looking at the Garden of Eden like how do you make that fun well I guess you make your own garden (laughs) you grow your own plant that kids take away that they look after over the week with questions to explore with with their family Um, when we look at the different passages not just having something that we say but also something that's made and something that we do now for this to happen and for this to be a success we're going to need eight people to commit once a month um you can be either a session lead or a helper. The main lead will be responsible that Sunday for preparing the materials for the service um, and contacting and engaging with the helper to tie up like what's going to be fun, um, what's going to be the simple, clear lesson we want this week, and what tactile worship action are we going to do? Um, and they can discuss between them which part they'll do. So between the two of them, between the two of them discussing these types of things and kind of working this out. The reason why this is such a like, huge thing for us is actually, it's not even also just about us and about the families that come here, like V and his kids, um, my daughter, and today we've got Israel, and Nay, you're, 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 you're a bit older, aren't you? You're like, you're like I, can, I can still, I can still, yeah, yeah, like a, bo- like a Bose. There's Ty who's a bit older as well, who's here some weeks, and that's really cool, and that's really important. But actually there's, there's something bigger than that as well. And what that is is, there's a community around here that as we start to reach and as we start to engage and as we start to connect, there are going to be some people that may visit. Not may, there will be some people that will visit and they will bring a child and that child will come and we will blow their mind and they will have an amazing time. And not only will that child come back, but then their parents are hostages. <laughs> They're hostages. Can you the... torture them? No, we can't torture them. <laughs> We can torture them with the love of the Lord. But as soon as you have a kid that loves it, like, how do you tell that child on Saturday night, no, we're not going, please, 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 they have candy floss, please, 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 please. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, whatever we're going to have to do and whatever it is we're going to do each week is our tactile expression of worship. Those different things we'll be exploring, like for anyone who's had a kid at that age, that relentless commitment they have to force their way. You end up with hostages. You end up with hostages coming on a Sunday that could 
encounter Jesus for themselves. Their kid may get it, but their parents will be held hostage. They'll be having to come and like sign them the paperwork and hand them over or whatever. And people whose lives can be transformed. Um, ultimately, I guess as well, the reason why I really care about this is because I can think of times as a child where I grew up in a church around the corner and we were tortured with flannel graphs. And I don't know if you ever went to church as a kid. Well, Mark knows what I'm talking about because he went to the same Sunday school as me. They had these like flannel Jesus that stuck on a wall, Velcro, whatever. Is it flannel? It is flannel, isn't it? They had this flannel Jesus and flannel disciples and there was always flannel sheep that they stuck on this thing. And they'd tell you the, the Bible stories from these flannel things that you look at and you were like, oh, this is so dead. I want to gouge out my eyes so I never have to see flannel things again. And then like, yeah, actually worse than that, we got beat if we didn't learn the memory verse, didn't we? Um, it, yeah, it was, it was pretty grim. But I remember growing up in this church and it was like, it was like really grim. It was like really grim, I'm not gonna lie. Like it was like Sunday was grim, it was tough. And I've been through some horrendous Sunday school things. And I was just thinking to myself, what happened if a church actually did something that was fun, did something that was simple, and did something that was tactile, that the kids can learn and have fun and apply it to their actual lives? Um, what could God do with that? So for me, I found that if it hadn't been for like ridiculous, miraculous encounters with God, like there's no way I would still be like kind of following Jesus. I wouldn't, just because everything at church was so dead. So I'm gonna need your help. Now, how can you help? How can you respond to that? It's simple. If you go to cityhill.org.uk, we've got the Get LinkedIn page. Click on there, and down there are different examples of different people. For this one, all you have to do is you see the bit where it has about Marvin, it has his picture, and it talks about the kids' ministry. All you have to do is click the button, be like Marv. It will open an email window, and you can start the conversation. So Marv is gonna be launching our, our children's work. Um, and we're gonna be building up a team of eight people. Once we've got the eight people, bang, we'll be ready to go. At the moment, I think we've got three and a half. I say three and a half, because there's a fourth person I'm blackmailing. Um, but at the moment, it's three and a half. Um, but we're gonna get there. So if you do that, that would be absolutely awesome. And what you'll be committing to is literally being on Rota um, once, once a month, that's it, just once a month. Um, spending some time with the kid, doing something fun, doing something wacky, and doing something like that. Um, and you will get to be helping shape and form um, a child's opinion and encounter with God. The other day I was sitting in the office at work, and one of my colleagues, she was um, in my Sunday school class I used to teach. I used to be like a youth and children's worker at a church that had 500 under 18s. And so I was kind of responsible for a lot of the teaching, a lot of the engagement that happened with a huge number of children. That's within the church, let alone what we did in the community. And I remember like just a couple months ago, um, my, my colleague at work, um, who had been in my Sunday school class, said to me that there were applications being done for mission trips, going to Zambia, wanting to work at this orphanage that a friend of mine has started. He, he got given a farm and he's built an orphanage, multiple different buildings, looking after these kids that have no mum and dad. And um, he's educating them, he's, he's looking after them, feeding them, clothing them, doing amazing stuff. And all the kids in the youth group were filling out these applications for why they wanted to go to Zambia. And within their application, they had to write down in detail about how they encountered um, Jesus, how they gave their life to Jesus, and um, 
as a part of their story and a part of the reason for why they wanted to go to Zambia because I think the church were going to um, supplement some of the cost. And so this this friend of mine at work literally said to me, um, Andy, I just want you to know that my brother filled out the application and um, I was having to filter, go through them all. And as I read his application, she goes, I didn't know this and I thought you'd like to know that when it got to the question where you had to write in the box about um, how you came to know Jesus and when you became a follower of Jesus, he said that it was when you were speaking on a Sunday morning about the power of the Holy Spirit, he decided right there and then that he'd give his life to God and the experience he had and how he connected with God. And he said, and because of you, he now wants to go to Zambia and he wants to look after and inspire and take care of these orphan children. Now that he's grown up into his late teens, um, I think he's not quite 18 yet, but just under. That's his passion. That's what he wants to do. And that's because that one Sunday, you took the time and you spoke that word. And so the reason why this is such a fantastic opportunity, and I'm so glad I remember she said that to me last month, is, is this. Sometimes when I had to, and I was not rotated in once a month, I did every single Sunday because someone wouldn't turn up. And then I would jump in and I would speak two services back to back and then I'd go in the evening and do other stuff at the church as well. So I never got to sit in church. I was, and I did that for five solid years. It was really tough. But sometimes you're doing it and you're prepping it on a Saturday night or, and you, I want to be out of my mates. And then I look back and you go like, well, was it worth it? Well, when someone finally feeds that back, because you don't get to hear that otherwise, and you realize that it's not just change eternity for this kid, but in the here and now, the decisions he's making for what he wants, top of his list is a new fresh pressure, fresh pair of Harachis, top of his list is there are kids in Zambia that I have a mum and dad and I want to inspire them, I want to empower them, I want to help build a home for them and I want to share Jesus and preach the gospel there, then you kind of realise that Saturday night was totes worth it, like totally worth it. So I want to encourage you guys because who knows what Israel might fill out on a sheet in like 10 years time, you know what I mean? Who knows? I'm just going to pray for us. Um, Father, I thank you for the opportunities that you put before all of us. I thank you that we get to come and we get to connect with you freely and that actually out of all the time that City Hill has existed, we focus so much on um, talks that have been irrelevant and fresh to connect with adults that today we've taken the time to acknowledge there's a really important mission that um, we, each of us needs to kind of take responsibility for. Um, I'm more than anyone else. I need to repent, um, Father, publicly of the fact that I've been like the disciples getting in the way of um, children you want to connect directly with, um, not intentionally thinking of them as not being worthy or, or um, that kids can't connect with God. Kids totally can connect with God in ways um, sometimes adults ha don't even have a hope of coming close to. But I've just found myself in a position where I've been stupid and foolish, Lord, and I just need to kind of repent. And Father, I just thank you for your forgiveness and your grace. Um, I just thank you that every single person here today, whether we think intentionally about what we want to start at City Hill and what we want to do here, but also during the week, the children that we connect with within our family setting, within our friendship setting, and within our community, all of those children, um, Lord, we have opportunities to connect them with you. Um, in the way that we act, in the way that we speak, in the way that we engage. Father, I just pray this week we will be good examples and we will be good connectors because the people in this passage we read about had desires to bring the children to Jesus. May we be people that want to desire to bring children closer to God rather than being like the disciples who wanted to dead it. Father, we just pray that we would be those who would help shape future generations of leaders, that as a young age we would help um, fill 
um, the void in their lives and, and the growth that as they experience, they would see the world, not from a traditional Christian perspective, but they would see the world from your eyes afresh, Lord, seeking prophetically, looking at the way that nature, the nation is, looking at the situations around them. We just pray that the kids that come here over the next year, Lord, will just grow into um, amazing, amazing individuals that would just see you and see the world differently, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.